How to build a creative career in the United States. I've known Daniel Kramer for many years since we met in New York on a video project. Daniel has had a career in music, design and now live streaming. He loves to make stuff and is a great networker. It's great to have Daniel as our first US guest. Enjoy. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Welcome to the Self Maker Show. This is your host, Connor Lynch. Hi, Daniel. How are you today? I'm great. How are you, Connor? I'm fantastic. It's great to great to chat to you again. It's been it's been a while. Yeah. So, so your name is Daniel Kramer, and you're joining us from from Brooklyn today. Do you want to t- tell us about yourself and your background and what you're up to? Uh, sure. Yeah, uh, I uh, I'm uh, the creative principal at a company called the Control Room. Uh, we are end to end content creation uh, live streaming studio, uh, where we take can take an idea and fully fledge that into a live stream through ticketing and promotions and output and content. Um, that sort of developed during this time um, of lockdown. And we are, we're a new company uh, and we're just kind of making our way out into the world. Uh, our big thing is we're producing the Libera Awards in June, which is this sort of anti-Grammys. We're focused on the music industry, but open to sort of other conferences and things as well. Yeah. But we do um, social growth promotion, we do live streaming and we do content creation. Great. And how did you end up? Uh, how did you end up in this in this uh, role? <laughs> it's a very long story. Um, so where where did you go to school? <laughs> <laughs> Back in Texas, um, I I worked in. I come from a music uh, production background. I worked in recording studios in London. Uh, I was one of the founders of BBC Six Music. I was there for a few years. Um, I moved to New York in 05. I did some radio and stuff in New York, but then left it uh, to study graphic design at Parsons in 08. And then I emerged as a motion graphics designer. And I left music and I worked around different areas in New York, different advertising uh, agencies, broadcasters, um, highlights included Complex, Art Director Complex, Rolling Stone Magazine, and uh, my last gig was with Mike Bloomberg's presidential campaign. And about three years ago, I was looking to sort of like take on a new interesting project. And I went to go see uh, Noel Gallagher at Radio City Music Hall. And the uh, what would you call it? Like the the visuals in the back in back behind him yeah. were this kind of very cool collage animation, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I I want to start doing something like that. I was kind of into infographics before, but yeah. infographics take a really long time to produce and to write and to ideate, and I wanted something that I could just like bang out quickly. Um, and so I started messing around on Instagram and I actually didn't do anything with collage. I discovered <laughs> Glitch 
<laughs> and I had done some glitch when I was at Complex. Um, and glitch is kind of like an art style where you sort of take things and break them. Yeah. And you create something new contextually out of it. And I started to create posts on Instagram. Um, I was just mucking about and they took off. Like uh, there was a point where I was getting like one to 200 followers a week. Um, mm -hmm. I was just like cranking them out. I could do like six a day and that evolved, that evolved. There was a point I was thinking about becoming a fine artist and sort of concentrating on that. But I always liked to make things. And so yeah. I had seen as, and I, I come from the music world. So I know a lot about music and the industry. And I was seeing that there were all these beautiful reissues of albums coming out mm. that were just these ugly product shots on Facebook. You know, it's like, mm. here's, you know, the 20th anniversary of the Breeders' Last Splash, right? Great album, really beautiful packaging, and there's just like a product shot, right? <laughs> Which sort of goes like, I've been working in advertising. I'm like, why can't we make something better? Yeah, yeah. So I set out to sort of go back into my past and sort of start mining contacts for people. Um, and I did a big project with uh, Mute Records. I was friends with Mark Stewart from the pop group. I'd known him. I had produced a documentary about Bristol uh, when I was at Six Music. And I had sort of remained friendly with him. And Mute Records was reissuing the pop group's debut album. And I did a promo piece for them and a lyric video, uh, like a really nice presentation for the album. And mm. at that point, like I started to shift into maybe I could do this. Um, yeah. And as I was about to launch, COVID hit. And I end up pivoting into a live stream. Because I like in February of 20. I'd been to a, a house gig in Bushwick, Brooklyn, where I saw these bands crowd surfing through the kitchen. I had mm -hmm. never seen that. I'd never <laughs> been to a house gig before. And to get so excited to um, crowd surf through the kitchen, I was inspired. <laughs> and I, originally, I was thinking maybe I would do like a, a, a launch event. But then because COVID happened and lockdown happened, it became a live stream, which was a show called Undercover. And... I had two bands perform. They did original songs and they covered each other's songs as well. And it was a 10 song set. Yeah. So, and I wanted to create something very unique that wasn't just a live stream. And I, the first show, the first show was actually a year ago. It was uh, April 25th. So it was before the big wave of um, live streams that would happen. And the show ran for eight episodes last year. Um, and by the end of it, I had sort of gathered some people around me. I had uh, some, this guy, um, Larry Burnett, had contacted me. He had seen what I was doing on Instagram. And he was a big music person, content, and worked with developing companies. Uh, and he wanted to join forces with me to create something new. And I also met this guy uh, named Steven Tucker, who had been in the live stream world for eight years. Um, 
and he was very interested in what I was doing as well. And we joined forces and we were going to go with the name The Visceral Glitch because that had a large following. Hmm. But glitch is too much of a um, design style. So, for instance, uh, you if you're a design studio, you can't call yourself Bauhaus. If you're a band, you can call yourself Bauhaus, but not if you're <laughs> a design studio, unless you're the Bauhaus. <laughs> so we scrapped the name The Visceral Glitch and um, outrose the control room, which is a place where, you know, a band can come with an idea that they want to do a live stream and we can help market it, we can develop it, uh, we can broadcast it, we can cut it up to pieces for the social, we can do merch, we can do ticketing. It becomes a uh, holistic experience and, mm. and also a pleasant experience because we all come from, we're all music lovers and we all love to create Mm -hmm. And so we're not just in it for the money. We actually want to put something back. We want to give artists an opportunity and a platform to really be their best, do their best. And we want yeah. to give something to the fans as well that they, if they can't get to the show, that, that it's the closest thing they can do to get to the show, to make it a memorable experience for them. Yeah. So um, we we launched this year. Uh, we've been making the rounds at South by Southwest. Uh, we are members of a organization called A2IM, which is uh, the American Association of Independent Musicians. Uh, we just we produced a conference for them in November called Let's Get Digital, and a couple of weeks ago we produced another conference for them called the Pan Am Summit, which was a uh, conference that uh, connected uh, musicians and label people across Americas. Uh, and we had it, we broadcast in English and Portuguese and Spanish. So it was quite That's a great. big thing. Yeah. yeah. And then um, we're right now pr producing the Libera Awards for them, which is kind of the anti-Grammys um, and helping to raise the profile of that. And then we're just sort of out, you know, looking for people, finding opportunities, um, chatting with labels, chatting with managers, chatting with bands. We've got a few people sort of lined up. Um, I can't say anything until it's fully announced, but we've yeah. got some potentially some like really big names coming up for uh, for live streams. That's brilliant. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah. It's been a crazy ride. I wouldn't have thought I would have ended up here, but it all just lined up into place. I met the people. We did the things. We did the work. We got the name. It happened. Yeah. So we, before we move on from glitching, are you still producing content in that style for those fans? I still do. I still do. Um, and there was a point where the glitch, the glitch is now back to pure art. There was a point yeah. where it was coming in with music and I was doing more music orientated stuff. Yeah. But I, it became too conflicting with the control room. Yeah. And so I thought I'm just going to have a, a clean break. Um, the control room is the company and the business and um, the visceral glitch is just pure art. Yeah. But there's some very interesting things that have come out of that. For instance, I'm going to be producing a tarot deck, <laughs> <laughs> which really? is kind of incredible. And I'm looking <laughs> at uh, selling some of these as NFTs. Great. 
And uh, the tarot deck is kind of random how that happened. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram and TikTok a lot, and I th- you get people that do card readings, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm always sort of a little bit interested. And <laughs> there was one person who, like, I'd see his readings, and they were just spot on. They were just really right. And uh, I, I did a reading with him, and I told him the stuff that I was doing. And he checked out my artwork and he really liked it. And he was like, look, I've been wanting to produce a tarot deck for a long time. Would you be interested? And I was like, okay, what do I have to do? He's like, well, you just have to give me some of your artwork and I'll do the writing and I'll do all the other yeah. elements to it. And I thought, sure, I have 1500 pieces. Take what you like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he went through my feed and pulled out images that spoke to him. Okay. And uh, he's working on that now. That's uh, brilliant. Right, yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's a very organic uh, thing. And the it, it, it makes sense because the name The Visceral Glitch um, means a shift in emotion. Yeah. Yeah, it's that the stuff that I'm making, um, it's not meant to be pleasant. It's not meant to be, um, it's it's meant to be art and it's meant to make you feel something and it's meant to make you slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and to, to get an emotion out of you. Um, and I, I, I like that. And the fact that he's inspired by what I've done mm. to pull something else out of, it, it, it kind of boggles my mind because it was never meant to be like that. It was just they're fun. There's no pressure in them because it's not for a client. You know, like if I'm working for a client, I have to think about their audience, their brand guidelines and delivering them a product because that's what they're paying me to do. Yes. Which is, which is great. You know, that's, that's, that's what you want, but these, they're just fun. They're not meant to be, they're not, I, I take pictures throughout the day and at night, I kind of scroll through the photos and I start, it's all done on my phone. Hmm. And I start pulling them through these different apps and I start manipulating stuff and I start creating something that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, like I yeah. start, like you start pulling in these other elements and then suddenly you start to create something. Um, and then I start to add some sound to it. And then it becomes this little piece. It's like this little 10 second uh, art piece, this little movie that doesn't, that didn't exist before. And it's not, it's, it's, uh, and it's created in the sense that you can take what you want from it. Yeah. It's not meant to be there. It's not meant to be uh, such a strong message. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually yeah. I've done like a few political ones yeah um and those are those are obviously meant to make you think about stuff but they're mostly like things that i found yeah um but then it's crazy how like the universe works this is like it's i i I have to tell the story because i discovered it last night and it it blew my mind i don't even know what to think about it (laughs) so i'm always like pulling in random ideas and random images and all these kind of random things and at some point last year i was walking with my daughter from the playground or whatever. And I said something like fried chicken ice cream. 
right? Just like a random collision of yeah. things to put together that just don't make any sense. And I made a post about it and it was like this <laughs> fried chicken commercial mixed with ice cream and then a picture of seal. And then on the street, I found a Samantha Fox 12 inch and that all became fried chicken ice cream with seal and Samantha Fox. And <laughs> last night, like totally <laughs> random, it doesn't make any sense and yeah. it's not meant to. And last night I was scrolling through TikTok, and somebody made fried chicken ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> somebody made fried chicken ice cream. Uh, it's ice cream in the shape of fried chicken, and I don't, I don't understand how they did that. It's not from my piece. It can't be from my piece. It can't be from it. But it's a whole thing: fried chicken ice cream. You had a premonition. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it kind of hurt my head. I was like, I don't. I just. I don't. So I don't, did, it's, have you ordered some? <laughs> I, I haven't, and I'm actually going to write to the person today and say, I I'm blown away that you've developed fried chicken ice cream. I made something slightly uncomfortable about it as well. <laughs> that could be a, a great way to get in the door. <laughs> but it's all just random and the whole thing about the glitches and the whole thing about the art that i create is that it's um you're not allowed to overthink it yeah it was a design project to make something and put it out there like once it's done it's done i never return to a piece ever yeah, yeah. and once it's out it's it it's never done again it's all one-offs and yeah. it you can take from it what you will it, you, yeah and people I, get all all kinds of stuff from them and it's like i i don't know i'm just sort of making or feeling an emotion that comes through and i'm crafting it i'm crafting yeah. it on the screen and then when it's done it's done and it's it, it's a bit jumbled noise but yet there's a beauty in it there's mm. an aesthetic to it there's space to think there's space to be uncomfortable yeah i love them um as you know uh, and I loved the recent, the Green Man recently was great. Oh, but, yeah. but, but obviously, I do love glitching, and I've given you some photographs to glitch for me. And I love the Green Man, and it's a it's a uh, it's a lovely style. I really like it. But I could see how it could be quite a limiting name for your new business. It's just <laughs> it's yeah, it's just it's too different because um, I actually I was working with a band recently, and at this point we were sort of my partners and I, we were thinking about shifting the name and I was working with a band recently and they asked if there could not be glitch in the promo I was creating for them. Yeah. And I was like, well, I wouldn't do glitch because it's not your style. They're uh, an indie rock band uh, from Chicago called the dead Licks. Yeah. And it's not, it's not really their style to have glitch in their work. And I was like, and at that point, I was like, I realized like that really cemented my thoughts of glitch needs to be the glitch and then we need to create something else. And yeah. when I was thinking of the name for the control room, I always, two of my favorite band names are Joy Division and New Order because they're such good band names. Yeah. Like there's dumb band names. Like I love Oasis, but Oasis is a really stupid name. And so it's like Blur. Dumb names, but like New Order is a great name that really defined them. And I wanted something that connoted that, like some sort of like 
um, sort of, well, like a control room. <laughs> and my partner <laughs> sort of threw that out. He said, he said the control room. And I was like, oh, yes, I like that. <laughs> that's the one. Yes, that's it. And he named it. But I was like, I was like, we need to go with that. And then we, we have. And so it's yeah. been good to develop it and let that grow on its own thing. And yeah. it's a name that people really like and it just fit. And the separation was very necessary. And now, like, I don't have to worry about taking the visceral glitch and like, oh, well, you know, this is going to get me clients. It's going to get me work. It doesn't yeah. have to do that. It can be yeah. its own private thing it can be like a place for my artwork for yeah. people to enjoy um yeah. and then there's the control which is my day job company as well yeah but i want to bring you right back to the time where we met in new york i was visiting and i wanted to record a short movie and uh, put an ad on craigslist he replied you were doing a little bit of acting i think you were doing lots of different things at the time so maybe kind of bring us back to that time and maybe some highlights of your career following up from that. Sure. Um, well, I was still in radio at that point. So I was at that point, um, I was working for, I was engineering a morning edition at WNYC, but that was kind of a, that was just a day job. What I wanted to make was radio docs. And that's why I had done at the BBC. And I had this idea that it would be great for, for radio docs to be free of radio, that you could listen to them whenever you wanted to, yeah. and with a focus on music. Um, and this would later become podcast. I was <laughs> like, this is like 05, 06. And so like yeah. nobody was like, I remember even like talking to Apple about, you know, creating these radio docs and they weren't interested and nobody wanted to talk about this stuff. Um, and so with a lot of things, I've been ahead of the curve. Yeah. For instance, um, uh, so even things like uh, Spotify canvases, which are like the big rage at the moment, like I try to start a company doing motion album covers in 10. But again, too ahead of the curve. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think for me, life has been a, a flowing journey where you're picking up things along the way and maybe those things aren't ready yet. Yeah. You know, like I, what I was doing in that time, like I was thinking about broadcasting and I was thinking about radio and I was thinking about content before that stuff was happening, but it wasn't ready for me yet. So I had to sort of fail at that and go back to school and leave radio and leave music and learn graphics and advertising and that side of things in order to return. And now I'm having things from like 20 plus years ago coming full present, which um, is inspiring to see that like things that you'd worked on are now a long time ago are now sort of they're ready now. And I wouldn't have thought I thought things were dead. If it wasn't living, it was dead. And now I see things as everything that you're doing in your life is part of what you could possibly use later on. You don't know what you're going to use and what you're not going to use, but don't write things off just yet until they're fully dead. Yeah. So how do you like the freelancing lifestyle? Is that something that you enjoy? No, I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. No, it's awful. It's, it, I think it's a terrible way to live because you're now if you're if you're if you're 
doing your own thing, that's one thing. But if you're working in freelance world, you're not really committed to anything. And I think those kind of things have been really bad for growth development with people because they are not in a place for a long time to grow and develop. They're always like searching for the next thing, going to this, going to that, always hustling on their next thing. Yeah. But it's a bit maddening for now, if it's your own company, own thing that you want to do, but just for work, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And my whole industry is based around that, unfortunately, where most things are small, short-term gigs. Um, And they've sold people that it's a really good idea to not want a full-time job. Like, I remember I was working at this one company and this woman was telling me that how happy she was a freelancer and she'd been in this company for five years and she didn't take any holiday time because she's a freelancer and she's always mm. hustling from gig to gig and doesn't have health insurance. I'm like, what? It sounds like you're sounds like you're a full time employee, but you're getting no advantages yeah. of that, which I think is a really not a good system. It it confuses people. It strips them of their loyalty. Um, and as as the control room grows, we will take on full time people and not have freelance people in that sense, because I want people committed to where they are. Yeah. You know, if you've got freelancers and you're working on a project around that time, that project finishes, they're going to be looking for something else. They don't care about the project. They're not invested because you're not invested in them. Yeah. So they're not invested in you. Yeah. So obviously you built your network during freelancing and you got to travel quite a bit to see some of the world. Were there any positives out of out of it for you? I mean, you work in a lot of places, but I'm a fan and I'm not the best person to speak to about freelancing because there are people that will praise it up and down. Um, but I I have a belief that it's better to sort of be at home in a place and feel comfortable as opposed to always being on edge. Yeah. yeah. Because it takes, it also, it, it also, it takes a while to get up to speed with a company and to work with people. Yeah. You know, like working with people, different styles, different brands, different companies, everyone's got different rules. If you're learning those rules every few months, then it's complicated. You know, and if you're a company, you have to teach people every time they come in the door how you like things done. So it actually takes a lot longer. So you never really feel at home. You always feel a little bit unsettled. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I don't think that's great. You know, at at, at best, you sort of just feel okay, but you never feel part of anything. You always feel like on the outside. Yeah. Um, And it's something that they've really pushed throughout a lot of industries. But I, I don't. It's something that I, I, I really don't agree with um, sure. and I don't like, but you know, and everyone has different experiences, but for me, I found it very um, unsettling when you're sort of not knowing what you can't really make plans. Yeah. Cause yeah. at any moment you can get a call, you yeah. know, <laughs> you never feel like you can take time off because what if they just get somebody else in? And yeah. then also like, what if someone comes knocking on your door and says, "Oh, I got a better gig for you. Do you want that?" And said, "You'll leave. Yeah. You'll leave because you're not you're not you're not committed to them. Yeah. You're not committed to them. You know." And I don't blame them. I've done it. You yeah. know. Yeah. 
So we've talked about design and your creativity. From a business perspective, how are you improving over the years, um, running a business and managing your time and finding clients, etc.? You just you you know what you just take every opportunity that comes your way. You talk to people. You just I'm I'm a big fan of exploring. You know, it may not may or may not be right, but I think I'm a big fan of taking the meeting and talking to people and bringing things up. Like you never know what could happen. Like for instance, we're renting. In, in my house, it's a two-family house. We're renting uh, the apartment downstairs. Somebody comes to look at the place on Friday, and he's like, yeah, I'm in a band. He tells me the band. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> it's just like, oh, my God, I've got your records. It's crazy. And so then, like, it wasn't – the apartment wasn't right for him. But – um I sent him the control room stuff. So you never know where yeah. things can lead to. So yeah. I'm a big fan of like always following up in leads and, yeah. and exploring and seeing where things can, can lead. Cause you never know, you never know. And I think take things to their fullest potential, Yeah. you know, and if you feel something, if you feel like you should do something, you should probably do it. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of people sort of, yeah, sorry. No, no, keep going, keep going. I was just going to say a lot of people sort of silence their intuition. You know, oh, I shouldn't do that because that's not that's not what I should be doing. I should be doing this. You should yeah. be listening to yourself. Yeah. And you never know where it's going to lead you. Mm. You never know it's where it's going to lead you. I mean, like, <laughs> for you know, for instance, you know, when I was 18, I was living in Texas. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was working in a clothing shop. Some guy came in. He said they were looking for someone to help out with the lighting in a theater company in yeah. downtown Dallas. And I didn't had never worked technical theater before, but I did it. And that led me to do more with that theater company. And that led me to go to a university in Fort Worth where I met people who were into music, who introduced me to Britpop caused me to move to the UK, work in recording. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole chain of things that you yeah. never know where it's going to go. So I always say, take the meeting, take the chance, take the thing, do yeah. the thing that makes you feel uncomfortable and do the thing yeah. that you really want to do. Yeah. So are there any tools or books or apps that you would like to recommend? Oh, um, well, I have a whole bunch of glitch apps, but <laughs> <laughs> do you want to go dig? I think you will be my only glitching expert influencer in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm a big music person, so I'm always listening to music. Um, yeah. Always. Yeah, it's actually been great because I was voting on the Liberia Awards and uh, it gave me a chance to listen to a lot of the music that I hadn't heard last year because there's so much music comes out it's it's insane we're dealing with like 60 years of music at the same time mm. you know because the beach boys can release a record and the pixies can release a record and the frames can release a record and the strokes can release a record and post malone can release a record <laughs> all in the same week right and you're like i want all of them i want all of them and that's like that's a hand that's nothing yeah. you know that's just a handful so we're dealing with a lot of music um, but I'm always trying to, my ears need new music. If I don't yeah. 
change my music, they get very angry at me. <laughs> yeah. Any other tips on business and marketing and branding, uh, etc.? I mean, a lot of it is just the labor and grunt work. Yeah. You know, you just have to do it. You know, you yeah. just like, you, it, you can do anything. And I think that intimidates a lot of people because it's like, where do you start? And you kind of have to do small incremental <laughs> steps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just start growing up, have your vision, but just like, you have to put in the grunt work, like whatever it is you need to do, dive into that community. You know, if you want to make uncomfortable glitch work, then find the people who are doing the thing that you want to do and talk to them. Yeah. If you want to go be a chef, go find the kitchen to work in. The biggest thing is being active about it because when you sit down and you're in isolated in your room, you're never going to do anything. Right? It's never yeah. going to happen. What you need to do is find the people, find your tribe. Yeah. You know, and that yeah. tribe may not be in your town. Yeah. It might be across the world. You might come across people that you never would have thought before. Um, and that's kind of when it gets exciting because we have a lot of possibilities. And I would say you just do the work, yeah. you know, focus on what you're doing and put put the 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 time into it. It'll pay off. It's yeah. 10,000 hours. You yeah. know, you have to spend 10,000 hours to, be, to become an expert. Um, and if you put the time in, you'll you'll do it just because repetition, you're learning mm. something. Any other tips for people who are setting out on their own to do their own projects? Don't listen to negativity. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to negativity. It's just going to bring you down. You know, take, accept criticism, constructive criticism to help you improve. Yeah. But if someone says that you can't do it, you need to not listen to them. You need to not listen to them because if your determination is strong enough, you'll do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Excellent. The great advice. And be brave. Be yeah. brave. <laughs> <laughs> be brave. Be brave. It's hard to be brave. <laughs> I'm delighted to see you doing so well and so positive. And I really like what you're up to now. It sounds great. How do people find you online? Yeah, sure. Um, so the control room is the controlroom.studio. Mm -hmm. um, and the visceral glitch is on Instagram and we are the visceral glitch. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's also on TikTok. Okay. It's on TikTok. Um, and yeah, come check us out. Come explore. Come see what you like. Send me stuff. You know, I love, yeah. I love, I love when people send me things and they, they're almost like, oh, I can't do anything. I'm like, do it, make things, go out and make, go out and make more. That's what people, you just have to make things. You got to make things. <laughs> you got to keep making things and you got to put it aside and then make something else. Love it. I must get you in an ad for self makers. You got to make it. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to make it, man. So it's been so great to chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm wishing you all the best for the future and with the control room and um, looking forward to seeing some of these gigs coming through. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get the frames. I want the frames. <laughs> <laughs> but Glenn Hanser does live in Dublin, so I may be able to try and get an introduction. Um, I'll do my best. Let's let's follow up with that. I can um, if I can help. Absolutely delighted to. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah, great. We talk. I want Glenn. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Daniel. It's been fantastic talking to you, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. I hope you enjoy my chat with Daniel Kramer.
Please subscribe for future episodes and make sure to visit selfmakers.com. Bye for now. Thank you.